Hey folks, hope your Q3 and Q4 is off to a good start. We just wrapped up Founder 500 in Austin, Texas. Hundreds of bootstrap founders showed up. It was an amazing time. I loved meeting so many of you. This interview today is a recording from that session, which you're going to love because now we have visuals, we have the founder teaching, and I made every single speaker include their revenue graphs and real artifacts in their presentations. Without further ado, let's jump in. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Please help me in giving Chris a warm welcome to the stage. Chris, come on up. All right, so ClickUp is a hell of a story. Now, most people know ClickUp today because they read you on TechCrunch. You guys have like raised tons of money, but we're going to go back to like the glory days, the fun days, the early days. So um, take us back to the VT uh, Virginia Tech dorm room. Um, and and you feel free to share what any story you want there from the beginning days. I've got some stories cleared, so if you're ready. Hit us. <laughs> so in the early days, uh, Zeb and I were at college, and we were always bored. We were always bored. I mean, he's like, off. Oh, nope, this one's live. Oh, okay, but these are all different. Slides. Nope, this one's behind, and this one's what oh, the just audience in general, sees. These are all different. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we're in Virginia Tech. Um, we had a blast. We were very bored in school. and Clearly. Very bored. Um, you see that you're, this is a great mugshot. <laughs> had a little bit there. of fun in between. I don't know how this came on there, but... Uh, that's for a speech I'm doing at Virginia Tech after this. Actually. Did you give? Oh, really? This is a. It's a. Oh, well, ironic. Yeah. I'm looping it in. Your PR team put it in the sides. I thought it was fair game. Oh well, it's fair game. Right, well, um, there's I'm a sorry. couple things. So we 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 were having fun. So we had a party bus that we drove around. We had a hot dog stand that we sold. Uh, but then we decided it was trying to take it a little bigger. Um, so we started managing a rapper, which I know no one probably saw coming. But we started managing a rapper, and actually from that is what really built ClickUp. So we were managing a rapper. Uh, we wanted to really blow him up with PR. So at Virginia Tech, we had this big idea. Zeb kind of learned how to, I'm not going to say hack Twitter, but he definitely learned how to, you know, manipulate it before anyone else. This is back in 2011. And at this time, no one was really blown up on Twitter for something unless you're actually famous. So I decided to fake that I won the lottery. And this went way bigger than we could have ever imagined. So next thing I know, I'm just hanging out. I went out to, to the bar, actually, to Tots, which you might be familiar with. And uh, within two hours, my parents are calling me like, oh, my God, Chris, did you win the lottery? And I'm like, how big are we talking? What did you fake? Like, was it, how I'm much? talking this is the biggest lottery of its time, oh, 640 million. million. It, at the time, this is 2011. This is the biggest lottery of its time. So everyone thinks I won the lottery. And, and I don't even tell my parents it's not true at the beginning because I want to ride this out. I want to see what can come of this. And again, this is really just a blow promotion up for our rapper, but it really turned on to me. Um, I didn't realize it was going to get this big. But next thing I know, we really, my following is going up. Uh, I do this big interview, and mind you, I'm a little tipsy. I'm 20 years old. Um, and I get up there, and I'm like, hey, look, I'm not like all these other lottery winners. If you're hungry at home, I'm sending that money to you. If you can't pay rent, guess what? It's coming to you. Because this money's not about me. I'm giving it back. And next thing you know, I am famous. Morgan Freeman's following me on Twitter. Ron Artest. I mean, people that I, that I really looked up to are following me now. Uh, but then I realized this is getting out of hand. Uh, so I'm growing a lot of followers. And from that, you know, long story short, I got a little bit of trouble, um, a lot of trouble with, with my parents. Uh, Virginia, but nothing legal. I mean, this is a great marketing legal. Nothing legal. Yeah, great. We got so much marketing. It's fair trouble. So it's fair trouble. And so from that, 
is when we realize the importance of followers, um, which is what I want to get into. With, I think a lot of people think they have to focus on just one company, but we really got into what we call fast followers. We learned how to grow following. Zeb was always about automation. Mind you, back when we were in the rapping days, the only way we could go on tour, we got this opportunity to open up for Wiz Khalifa, for Mac Miller, but we can't do that. We have school. We have classes. Our parents would you know, kill us. But Zeb is such a genius, the man builds a bot so that we can automatically get these classes and pick before anyone else and we get online classes. So we go on tour, we do this whole thing. But then Zeb is like, look, we need to create a business. Like this whole thing means something. People really care about social media following. And give context. So what year was this? This is 2012, you know, 2011, 2012. And we're still in college. I'm about to graduate and, you know, I'm, I'm a year ahead of Zeb. I'm about to graduate and go work at Cvent, which I was very excited about as a fast-growing company. But I always still wanted to work for Zeb on the side because this company, we really started, we started moving with it. We started making a little bit of money, meaning that how we much? Could, oh gosh, uh, in, at the beginning, very low. You know, a little bit here and there, maybe two k, three k a month. But then as I left and left Zeb because I was like, I can't live off this. I have to go work at Cvent. You know, I'll help you on the side. Zeb calls me back in like six months. How much do you make at this whole like corporate job? And I'm like, you know, I'm making like fifty-five plus commission. It's cool. And he laughs at me. He's like, I just made that this month. I'm like, what? So I understand. I'm like, well, let me get back on board and help you as we, you know, as this thing goes, because I want to I get some of this money. Um, so things roll out and, um, you know, life is awesome. We keep moving. And from there, Cvent grows. I get my equity and I decide it's time to go back and work with Zeb full time. So we really grow fast followers. You want to hear some cool numbers? Yeah. We yeah. got to where we were making, I mean, like 600 some K a month. Um, and this is, it was more than that. When I came down, he was making about a 80 or so with no sales team, PLG, as he always likes to start it. And we'll get to that too. Um, the same way, man, we learned this in the early days. And this is like 22, 23. We're in Charlotte, North Carolina. We're big fishes because we're making pretty big money. But then we also realized like Zeb had another near death experience. You guys can research it, but he's had a lot. And they always shift. They always shift what he wants to do. And he looked at me, he's like, do we really want to be like these guys who, who boost social? So we started again, building automation, which was cool. Like a lot of the software you guys probably use now, Zeb had it early automatically posting, checking your stats. We were doing that before anyone else. And we were selling it to companies doing pretty well. Um, we were basically- How many people are on the team when you're doing 600 grand a month? <laughs> Eight with four contractors. That's yeah, a high revenue per employee. We were that's doing great. pretty well. And Zeb obviously you know, was, was saving some because he knew he had something bigger. And that's when he looked at me and he was like, let's go to Palo Alto, man. Let's, let's do something better. Let's not just do this whole beefing people on social media. And that's when we went to our second venture, which I don't know if he's ever told you about. Have you heard about memory? Yes. Oh, you do know about memory. But you t take it away. This is a good one. So we went into memory because we wanted to fix what we thought we had broken in social media. Everyone cared about the followers. Everyone was all about getting the likes, and we felt like they were obsessed with it. So we wanted to fix that, and we jumped into memory. Memory was a very fun app. Um, it, was, it was almost like the swipe right, swipe left of Tinder. You could see people's memories. If you like them, you swipe right, right? And at the time, Snapchat only gave you seven seconds and they erased your memories. So we were like, hey, we're coming into something. We're the next Zuckerberg. We're coming in hot. And we were doing great and we put a lot of money into it. And that's where we found Alex Sharkowski, our CTO, who we stole from IBM. He built their blue mix and we were fascinated by him. He's up there on the left. That's him on the left. Yeah, yeah I've never seen anyone like him. He is absolute genius. That's me looking a little sharper than them because they always, you know, they're the and dev guys. What was the start? Was Zeb the money guy and you guys own like small amounts of equity or do you do 30, 30, 30 or how'd you structure it all? Yeah, back so then? Zeb's always, the, Zeb's the main guy. Um, and then Alex is more than me. And then, I'm, you know, they're, they're the geniuses. I always give them all the credit. I was more the talker doing what I'm doing now. Having you fun. You should have seen sales. this guy at the Verizon store in Blacksburg. <laughs> yeah. I was a store manager. That's a, a fun story too. Actually, everyone got fired my second day there because they were cheating the numbers. So they made me store manager. Well, actually first, they just asked me to cover the store for a bit. And that's when Nathan came in and he's probably a little upset because I had to go to class and come back and everyone's waiting. I'm like, hey, I'm sorry. I'm the only employee. 
and they forgot about me for like three weeks and I wasn't complaining because I was getting all this commission. And later they came back like, oh my God, we should have gotten fired. We left you alone by yourself without any help and you kept the store going and the numbers are actually higher. So they gave me a store manager job. I was coming in because I was getting charged too much. It makes sense. The numbers were off. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, I'm paying Verizon so much. They but were cheating. The whole Blacksburg store. That's that's a whole Anyways, yeah. that's down. That's done. But that was a quick story, quick aside there. So Fun what times. happened with Memory? So Memory was doing really well. And uh, you know, we, we were getting a lot of buzz. And we had just moved to Palo Alto. We thought we were the next Zuckerberg. We really thought this was it. And we put a lot of money into it. Until you know, Snapchat came out with Snapchat. Memories ripped us off. Exact same thing. I mean... I mean, it makes sense. They should have done it anyway. They added memories to the, to the portion. Um, so there we, it was a tough time, to be honest. You all had to look at each other and think, what are we going to do? What was, did you pre-revenue at this point? Oh, we, we, had, we were making no money. Yeah, no money. No money. This was, we were trying to get it to make money. We were spending our money. How much would you, would you guys say you spent up to that uh, point? A couple hundred grand? I would say three something, if I had to guess. Three million? No, no, 300 grand. So yeah. just checking. Okay. Not a ton. Yeah, not three million. No, we weren't balling like well, that. Well, you know, crunchies are expensive. <laughs> the crunchies were expensive. But here's the good news. At the time, what you guys might not realize is we moved to Palo Alto. We just hopped. I mean, Zeb flew. I hopped in a truck and a drive everything across. Uh, but we, we moved the office from Charlotte. Actually, no, he drove too in his car. We moved the office from Charlotte to Palo Alto. And we moved to Palo Alto because we're, some, you know, we're from small town Virginia, North Carolina. We kept hearing on the show, Silicon Valley, there was a place to be. So we, think, we thought it was going to be like Vegas for startups. Not the case, by the way. But we did, we did a good job because we were trying to get office space. Palantir at the time had bought up all the office space. Everything is like 90K a month. And we're not trying to do that. So what we realized is, and Zeb was very smart on this, he's like, let's get a house in a strategically good location and we'll all live there and we'll do this Silicon Valley thing. We'll do it the real way. And that's exactly what we did. So we moved to Silicon Valley and uh, we had a house a block and a half away from where Steve Jobs built out his life. CTO of Facebook lives here. CEO of, o of Intel lives here. And so of course we talked to them. We used to host little parties for their kids and stuff so we could get cool. And we definitely had the numbers on the, our dashboard and you know, they, so they could check them out. But we started talking like to in them. In the kitchen, you, you'd invite the kids over and in your kitchen, you'd have your, your business numbers hoping that they would see them. You read it 100% true. We put them out, we had this big yard. We're like, hey, the kids can hang out here and we got there's drinks and food yard. for everyone else here. And there's like, we had, we had numbers, we had TVs everywhere. And we still do in the office now. But we, we knew what we were doing, we wanted them to see it. And they thought we were interesting for sure. Did any of them write checks or you guys bootstrapped this? Oh, we bootstrapped, we bootstrapped. Okay. So here's the cool part. So at this point, we just lost memory. And they all knew about memory and they were like, you know, what are you going to do? And at the time, this is where ClickUp came. Zeb hated project management. This wasn't new. Like, he hated Jira, hated Asana, hated Trello. And we hated also that people would use different ones. If you were, you know, a very new user, you're using Trello. If you're in marketing, you probably use Asana. If you're in development, you use Jira. And he was sick of jumping from platform to platform. So he's like, we're not going to do that. We built what we called MCC, Mission Control Center at the time. And uh, that was just for us. What year was that? 2015. Cool. So we had we had Mission Control Center, and uh, they were like, "Look, so people to follow along." So 2015, you're now at the all the way at the left side of this organic graph for ClickUp, eventual ClickUp traffic. Yeah, you're at the so very left side. Keep so going, yeah. So this, oh, good timing. This is exactly where it started. So they tell us, "Why don't you just go to market with that project management thing you have? It looks good." Like some of them were even using it because they didn't like it, and they were hanging out with us and saw it. And we talked to like, you know, our advisors and people we looked up to and they were all like, that is absolutely a bad idea. The space is extremely crowded. You know, there's, there's just hundreds. They're coming up every day. It doesn't make sense. And how are you going to differentiate yourself? And Zeb was like, I'll never forget this. He was like, they all suck though. Like they're all not, they're not that good. They don't let you work a certain way. And he was like, I actually see an advantage here because we can start from scratch. These other companies have been around for a while. We can build it in a way that's completely customizable because Asana makes you work this way. You know, and so does the other tools, but we can allow you to work however you want and we can become that tool everyone loves.
Do you guys care about valuation right now, specifically your valuation? Do you think you might raise soon or sell a portion of the company? There is no other tool on the internet that you can use to get a better and higher valuation than FounderPath's new valuation tool. We have over 253 deals that went down over the past 30 days, all the revenue numbers, all the valuations, and the multiplier. That way you can go filter the data, find companies that are your same size, what they sold or raised for or at, and then use those as comparables in your decks to argue and debate and get a higher valuation and less dilution, which is the name of the game, less dilution. Check it out today at founderpath.com forward slash products, that's plural, forward slash valuations. Again, both plural, founderpath.com forward slash products, forward slash valuations. So tell us how you go from no organic traffic in a very competitive space. Everyone's already spending money on all these keywords to breaking by 2021, you're breaking 500,000 organics a month. This is awesome. So a lot of different ways. Look, we always want to be PLG. We believed it from the first, you know, I'm sure you've already heard it from other speakers here, but he really believed in, in the product. So one, it was, it was developing. It was building as fast as possible. I mean, I'm talking, I'll tell you the story. This is really what I think. There's two things I really think changes and I'll, I'll tell you as quickly as I can. It's 11.45 at night. We're getting into the product, right? And Zeb made crazy promises early on that I had to keep up with. I'm our first sales rep and I'm our only customer service rep. So I'm answering and talking to everyone. Zeb says, hey, we'll have you know this in two weeks, Gantt charts in six weeks. And he just puts this long roadmap out and people are holding us to it. And by gosh, we were not on, on time. You know, we, we definitely weren't, but we did as close as we could. And one day we had a big release that Zev had really promised that we had delayed already twice. And he's like, I need this one out. And Alex, our genius in the blue, same shirt I'm wearing now, he, um, he, he was an he's an amazing coder and can do things faster than anyone. But he's like, we're not ready. He came out at 11.45. We have our Chinese vegan takeout. And, you know, and we're, we're sitting here like just waiting to see if he tells us we're going to be ready to, to build everything else. And he tells us it's not possible, that there's way too many bugs. And I'll never, ever forget this. Zeb was like, why don't we just ship it anyway? The most famous line in ClickUp history is like, let's just ship it. And at first, like, that's against everything we heard. Like, it's, there, it's, a, it's a bad release. Like, it's not, we're going to have problems. And we don't really have a bug team. It's just like five of us maybe at the time, maybe six. And he goes, yeah, I got it. But the people know what we're trying to do. We're trying to build fast. I think they'll understand. And they'll send us the bugs, and we'll quickly fix them. And I was like, well, I have an idea. That's cool. You know, when they, when they send it to us, Listen, instead of saying, hey, I'm so sorry, let's say, hey, you're awesome customer. Thank you for pointing out that bug. We're so sorry. I'm going to give you three months for your click up and I'm going to be right back in touch as soon as it's fixed. People loved it. They, lo they saw how serious we were because they'd send us a bug, they'd get free click up, and then we'd come back. And so, say, what year was that that you did that? You I want to say 2017. Okay. And what year did you hit the first million of revenue? I want to say right towards the end of 2017, early 2018. 2017. Maybe around that time, and don't quote me on it. 17, be, 18. I could be incorrect. No, I'm, you're good. You're good. I'm doing my best here for so you. So 17, 18 is sort of when you hit that. And so just to clarify, so there's a real tactical thing for folks to take away here. How did you literally break 500K organic? So what was the search? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, let me get back there. there. So we were shipping fast, right? But the next, the next strategy was we realized how important blogs and SEO and traffic was. And everyone has their own strategies. Everyone can act like there's a, a perfect way to it. We started off just writing, everyone was writing a blog. I was writing, I'm not a writer. I was writing a blog. Everyone was writing a blog every two, three days. As much as you could, take a time, write a blog. So the whole team. That whole was team like the whole was, team. Everyone has all, to write one blog per every four days. We're all writing blogs. We had this tool, I think it was called Market Muse. It would take my kind of crappy blog that I wrote and it would say, hey, if you change these words around, it would, it would make your SEO better. Uh, I'm sure that, that's a good way to make even your bad teammates who are bad writers still value good blog content. Still Market, valuable. MarketMuse.com. Market Muse, yeah, I should give I don't a know, shout it, out. It might still be up. It might, I'm sure it's still around. Not, there's tools like it. 
able to find something because they take it. There's tons of these tools out. Copy AI, this kind of stuff. Yeah, AI, copy AI is incredible. That, that blew my mind when I saw it. But that's not the only strategy. So then we start looking around and look, back in this day, there's, there's two other points I should get to. One, again, we're staying on SEO and we're looking around and we realize that there are companies just crushing it here that don't even make sense. Like that we think we're so much better than their product. One is, was work zone. And we just are like, why are their blogs ranking? They're, you know, they're not that great. They're ranking. So what do we do? I stalked the guy who I saw was writing. Josh Bilker was his name. I don't mind saying it. It's a guy named Josh Bilker. He worked for WorkZone and he was putting it all out there and he was really crushing it for them. They're ranking and they're ranking, they're ranking. So I hit him up and I was like, what is it going to take, man? We, we, need, we need you to do this for us. We need this. I need the strategy. I need to know what you did. I need to understand it. And we got him. We got well, how did you get him? So how, what, was it, what was his starting salary? I don't remember. We gave him a pretty high salary at the time. Equity? Tiny bit of equity. Under 1%? Under 1%, yeah, yeah. Okay, but enough to get him away But enough from to get him because he saw WorkZone wasn't taking care of him, really. They didn't, they didn't realize how valuable he was. Yeah. Um, so we, we got him at a pretty awesome rate. You know, and again, I, Zeb worked it out with him. I don't remember the exacts, but Zeb was excited to bring him on. It was, it was a new strategy. It was so cool. He drove this. He, he really led. He helped drive it. We, had, we okay. had other help, and we, we advanced past him, to be honest, at some point. But he helped. Now, there's, there's another point, too. Um, oh, man, I'm just forgetting what it was. I'll, I'll keep thinking. There's, there's right. one other thing we did that was really important there. We'll come back to it. It'll hit you. But a lot of organic traffic. Um, we're, I want to stay early days here, but I want you guys to understand like today sort of what this looks like right now. Chris gets in trouble for this and his PR team will kill me. So this is not coming out of Chris's mouth. This is coming out of when I interviewed Zeb on the podcast. These are numbers from Zeb's mouth, uh, which, you know, Zeb is a sales guy and is always, you know, projecting. And so we'll see if 200 million happens or not as Chris leans so over his chair and acts like he's not here. Um, but uh, this, let's go up through 2019 because you guys did bootstrap to 25 million. So my question to you in a second is going to be sort of how you went from a million to 10 million in revenue. But before I do that, Zeb told me, and I have to share this with you guys because I didn't know about it. And it's just like rare with the amount of interviews I did. If you are a second time founder, which Zeb had already made money on the first agency customers, he was his first investor in ClickUp and he wrote himself on a convertible note, a million dollar check into the business at a three or $5 million cap. It was just under five, I wanna say, yeah, it was a five million cap, and I think it was like 2.5 or 2.5 at a five million cap. So think about what this does. If you then wait, right, to go do your series A at a cap, that's 250 million. What did the convertible note convert at? Let's think about that for a second. 2.5 into 5 million. So it's effect. Wasn't a bad strategy. Close the loop for everyone because there's eyes happening. I, I don't know the exact. Okay. Yeah. So, um, it was it was it was high. It was higher than I expected. When I saw it, I was like, "Wow, you really pulled this off." Sorry. The the point I'm making because the cap was five, and he's now going. They waited and grew so much to go to the two fifty. Any of you who have raised capital where you had convertible notes beforehand, you know how you work with your legal teams and they go, "Here's how all those convertible notes now convert into equity." Well, he was that. He was the two point five on the five cap converting. Right, so you can do the math. What's two point five into five in terms of in terms of percentage equity? Right, so true or false? Him writing himself his own convertible note early days saved him a lot of dilution in the Series A round. True. It's just I've never heard this strategy before. So anytime I get nuggets like that, I want you guys to know about it. We never did either. Yeah, I, I was gonna say I don't know if Chris can even talk about this, but and I didn't even fully understand when Zeb said it. So you should just go look up Zeb. CEO click up on YouTube and my interview with him is the first one. He breaks it down. And he, he and then hit in the bottom right, open up the trans the, the transcript that Google gives you and then control F convertible note. And it will take you to the point in the interview where he says convertible note and he'll you'll see this whole strategy. So let's go now back. Yes, Was that back. valuable? A little tactic. 
All right, let's go. Let's go back to one to ten million. Yeah, right, yeah. So how do you get up to ten? All right, million? so a couple of ways. One, we we were obsessed with listening. Like in the early days, even try to start getting a lot of clients in. We were obsessed with listening to customers so much so that we built a program. I can't remember what we called it, but this program would scour Captera, GetApp, all these different review sites, and it would take anything under a three star review. Anything lower than that, we would see why. Why does someone hate Asana? Why does someone hate Trello? What were they upset about? Why they leave? And then we're automatically reaching out. We, we built automation. We, we automate a lot of things. Automating is very good when you're small. So we're automating a lot of things. So that way I'm able to get on the sales call. I already know what they're upset about with Asana. I already know what we're building to fix that. And if, if we have it built or if it's on our roadmap. And I can show them, hey, look, I heard you. I understand that you hate this. I hate it too. That's why we built ClickUp. Um, we're going to have that fixed in this amount of time. And that's how we're starting to bring a lot of clients on. Um, one of the big ones that we got was a huge one for me. Uh, I was very ecstatic when we closed Randstad. Randstad was a big deal for us. I can't remember the exact numbers. It was, it was, it was good. Like more than 10,000 ARR? Yeah, yeah. For one customer? Yeah, yeah. More than 100? Not more than 100. Probably okay, right. In that, in, that ten, in, that, in that frame, I would say. Um, so check this out. We, uh, Zeb had built a system that would celebrate for every dollar I brought in because he wanted to pump me up because the rest are all coders and it's quiet. And I'm like, man, I'm, I'm getting a deal in and no one cares. You know, they're like, oh, cool. And I wanted to pump it up a little bit. So Zeb's like, I got you. He builds this program that allows it to every time I bring in a deal, the dollar amount would make, you know, noises and sounds and all that. Throughout the house. Throughout the, well, the now we're in an office now. We're, we're, office. we're in San Francisco. We're getting somewhere. We're across from LinkedIn in a tiny little brick exposed office, maybe a few more employees at the time. But not a ton, and we're in this office, and you know, I close. I mean, I'm, this is a big deal for us. It, it, it was at a point where, again, we were kind of not doing the best on money, and we need to bring in more. And he kind of put some pressure on me, which is tough when you know your your close friends like, hey, we're, we're running out of money again, um, and I'm the only sales rep. So I really worked hard, and uh, at this deal, Randstad, I remember going back and forth and trying to make them feel as if we were fully prepared for them, which to be honest at the time, I don't think we were. We had to hire a lot of people after this deal. But long story short, I closed the deal, but afterwards the, the sound is going crazy. I never had as much money come in. So there's sirens and you know, everything going off and all of a sudden they call back. And I'm not doing a cell phone. This is like you know, early days. I'm on a landline still. So I don't know where to answer the call when they're calling back. I think I'm gonna lose this deal. So I had to hang out of this, the window and almost close it to the point where my neck was out and take the call to answer their billing questions they had to make sure things were smooth. But that was a big deal for us. Um, 60 second, a big thing that we really like is 60 second feedback, like, uh, like quizzes or whatever you want to call it, feedback um, templates. We would send them out and we would just say, hey, look, we, using 60 seconds was key. We sent them all the time. One, because people realized we weren't going to ask too much and it was quick. So we got real feedback. And then two, uh, they also understood that we, we had to think what was really important to us because we only had 60 seconds. You had like two or three questions. So a lot of those are really big. Very cool. So there's the five to 10. You hear the organic strategy. Go pick them off from your competitors. That's a great strategy because I already figured out how to do it. Um, to close the loop here, and just so you guys, oh, yeah, yeah. now you know personally a bit of the early days, right? So the next round, I mean, this is a 35, this is the first round of funding, right? It was a $250 million value. Outside of Zeb putting in his own money, 35 million at a $250 million valuation. Uh, no one reported that, but Zeb released it on the interview, which was great. So they sold about 14% of the business there. Uh, that was in 2020. And this is what the, and you can find this on GitLab, Again, this is all sourced directly from Zeb's mouth. Uh, hey, you have all the insights. Dude. Whether it's accurate or not, we can read Chris's facial reaction as he reads this slide. It's 250, I think. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, so that, that one is 35 on 250. But that can, those convertible notes on the five, that was Zeb in 2017, 2018. Right? They did the Series B, 100 on one. And then 2021 Series C, 404 billion. And then the Series E will be about a billion on 8 billion, I think, right? You got it. And Wait, sorry, for four billion, four billion, four hundred million, and four billion. I know. I just kept going to see if I could catch. Oh you yeah, we're not. We're not are you raising think, right now. We'll see if. We, no, no, no. I think we're hanging out for a bit. Okay, just checking. Yeah, yeah. No, we're. I mean, we're. I mean, I'm being serious. I don't. Right now, we're doing pretty good. I don't see. Uh, we'll see. I mean, we'll see. But right now, it's not probably the best time. You don't want a secondary or anything. We'll see. I think. I don't know. I think we're. We're hanging out. We're pretty good. <laughs>
something I do want to tell you all though is like in the early days, like don't think that before we had that that the massive raise, like we didn't try. I was in Palo Alto, I was in a basketball league, and I remember we got a meeting with Sequoia because the guy was on my basketball team. It's funny enough, but it's way too early. We're probably under, we're probably a mil, maybe a mil. Uh, AR, maybe dancing around it. And we get this meeting with Sequoia and we're so excited. I mean, extremely excited. And we come in and they ate us alive. I mean, they were like, this whole one app to replace them all is cute, but it's never going to work. And don't, don't think Zeb never forgot that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it, it, you know, we could have listened to them. We could have just, they asked, they told us to niche down, come back, you know, pick a niche and come back and then we'll talk to you because you guys do look like you're onto something. But we didn't listen at all. Um, and then, you know, we kept working until we didn't have, that's why you asked me for a deck because like, we don't have an investor deck. We never, we haven't had one. Like at that point, David Sachs wanted to get in touch with us, and Zeb wasn't really taking interviews, but he wanted to talk to, to David. And David gave us a whole new perspective because he was very against funding. He wanted to do this. He didn't want anyone messing with him. He was nervous of the whole getting kicked out of your company, the Steve Jobs, the Richard Branson, who he looked up to. Um, so yeah, you know, I think it's it's very important to to really focus on your own and get as far as you can. Then let him then then talk. Guys, on that note, give it up for Chris from ClickUp. Thank you so much. <laughs>